enemies. But <laughs> I enemies. mean, I just straight up googled like Parland Home the ruins <laughs> because I didn't realize <laughs> she ended up there. <laughs> I had this exact moment. Welcome back to Where's My Stick? I'm Kelsey. I'm Christy. And I'm Danielle. And this week, we are joined by two very special guests, the ladies of Real Good Pros, Helen and Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having us. We're very excited. Thank you for having us on. Good. Um, So, we have gathered here today to discuss the Atlantic Division. I know that the Atlantic is always a very fun division to watch um, with some pretty hard competition between a few of the teams. So let's crack right into it, Um, starting with Tampa. So in the 2018-2019 season, they finished with 128 points. They made some notable additions in Curtis McElhaney and Luke Shen and also had some notable noticeable subtractions with losing JT Miller, Anton Strawman, Dan Girardi, and Louis Domingue. Um, Louis Domingue. Um, so they added about 0.1 wins and subtracted $11.8 million in salary. Is there anything particular that we really like about this new and improved or new and reduced Tampa Bay Lightning team? Oh, I forgot. Um, they got um, the Ranger. I don't know how I'm Which one? Which one? <laughs> the, the newest one. What's his name? Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk. And they got Maroon. Oh, and oh. did they really? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I missed I that mean, entirely. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've all been so focused on the like point situation that we're like, oh, they yeah. got they got other people and got rid of. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think oh, I feel like he really he um, Braden Point actually really wants to stay in yeah. Tampa. It's just the whole making the money work. If anything, I feel like they will gi- they would give him like a bridge deal, like they did with Kucherov, because before he made his nine point five million, he was making like five point five. And after this season, they still have other people to sign, so it's not like they sign him and it's fine. Um, yeah, but what I like about Tampa. Um, <laughs> Like their forward group, um, I think that they're all really talented. Like, I, it's hard to pinpoint what exactly I like compared to, like, what I don't like. But I think all their forwards are pretty dynamic um, and that they can play up and down the lineup and that they're able to make things work. And there's always someone coming up that they're able to plug in. Um, I really like that. And I like having Victor Hedman and Ryan McDonough as my defensemen. All right. Um, I am actually really interested and excited that they added um, someone who I know the Maple Leafs are familiar with, um, Curtis McElhaney. I think that he's a pretty solid backup. No? I didn't like that at all. (laughs) It hurts. It still hurts. (laughs) Oh. It's just, just like a like a sensitive. I just feel like you're poking at a bruise that I have right now. Oh. <laughs> but please do go on. No, I think he is a good uh, a good option to have backup. Like he's proved himself, and even like with um, who was he with last year? Carolina. Like he showed up when he needed to show up. So I think I think that's good to have 
since they put Louis Domingue on waivers, it'd be nice if someone named the Leafs picked him up. <laughs> but, you know, who knows? <laughs> I, I am still concerned, and this was, you know, what led to our current goalie situation, was that we... We put him on waivers specifically because he was the much older option, and uh, he's not getting younger. Although, if last year, who knows, maybe last year is just exactly the model that will continue, and he will be the first goalie in history to just get younger and better with every (laughs) passing year. Um, But honestly, he had a good year, and even before that, he... He held it down for the Leafs. I think if he can have even a couple more good years in him, he's a very solid backup choice. And in somewhere like Tampa, where you have Vasilevsky, like you don't you don't need like a stellar stellar backup because he's not going to play that much. You just want him to be able to play when Vasilevsky needs a rest, and you're kind of evening it out. So I think he's a good option for that. Like, not necessarily a goalie tandem kind of guy, where you're, mm-hmm. like, kind of equally splitting, but when there's a, like, definitive first-line uh, starter, and then the backup, I think he's a good option to have while he's still not super old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was actually and, confused by their like goalie moves because they got they had Louis Domingue and they have Bassi who are a good goalie tandem for them, but then they also went and got Mike Condon and McElhaney, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> like why? That just felt like a move. That felt that just felt like it wasn't something where they were lacking. So I was just so confused and perplexed as to why they got two more backup goalies when they have a pretty solid one. You're right. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure kind of how uh, Curtis McElhaney fits into that kind of like tired goalie situation. (laughs) And I feel like Louis Domingue was okay when they played him. Like as Tampa's goalie. And, um, they won like well, 60 plus games last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think the, the, the thing with Tampa, though, was like they could let in five, but then they would yeah. score six, so they would win anyway. So it wasn't necessarily like their goaltending that was stellar, even though Gassi was really good. Um, but yeah, I just I'm confused about this goalie situation in Tampa. Maybe that's how, maybe that's what they're thinking. They're just like, fuck, fuck our backup goalie. Like, who cares? We can outscore it. I mean, honestly, like, because I'm trying to, I'm thinking back and like, when the Flyers played the uh, Lightning, like, they would be, they would be down by five and then go to overtime and the Lightning would score. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you never know that you could, you could score five goals in the Lightning and still lose. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It seems like a dangerous game to play, though. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But, like, that's the crazy part is they sent Louis Domingue down, and he makes less than Curtis McElhaney. So, like, wouldn't you want a goaltender that's Mm. making a lot less because you need that cap? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Tampa. I think think, um, NHL salary-wise, they're making around the same, like 1.3 mil or something. Because that's how much Curtis McElhaney is making, and then... I don't know. It's, I guess his this is the contract for when he's in the minors because his is a lot less. So I don't know how much you'd be making. Yeah. 
Do we have any ideas on a breakout player? Wait, I have some concerns. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the coaching, I have concerns about. Because... Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, like, I don't know, like, I just... I don't know what it is. I just don't trust him. I don't trust him. But then again, I don't trust Tampa. So take take what I say with a grain of salt. I think he's a good coach, but I think, like, during this season, he he kind of just lets them play and do whatever because they have the talent to do that. Um, and, like, whatever. If, like, a player is slumping, then they'll, we'll switch up the lines. But whatever. He just lets them each do their own thing. But I feel like when it gets to the playoffs and when it gets to, like, tough matchups and adversity, he over, like, thinks it to the point where it's just, like, you're being detrimental to this team. Like, it's a a lot. Like, him in the playoffs is, like, too much, and I actually can't deal with it. It's, It's a lot. He just starts galaxy braining the the matchups and yeah he'll, he'll just be like hmm we ha- had Chris Kunis and then he was up against this okay. one and we they don't did okay so let's so let's play him we don't forty minutes yeah. and then they lose the game and he's like surprised you could notice like in the first round when they lost like the first game and then they lost the second game you could kind of see the panic of like yeah. oh <laughs> shit we haven't kind of faced this we don't know how to deal with this yeah well like other teams if you go through like stretches where you're not like, doing very well then you kind of get used to that and that's actually my biggest concern I'm really wondering how the like complete like breakdown in the first round last year is going to affect them like Mm-hmm. mentally like is it gonna like are they gonna like stutter out of the blocks like to begin the season like kind of psych themselves out or how how is John Cooper going to deal with those kind of doubts of like oh we had this record-breaking season and then we were swept <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that's also if oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I think if you're a coach that's not used to actually coaching um, like a big part of coaching is in fact like what you were saying is kind of adjusting based on circumstances and when the circumstances are we're winning and we keep winning and we can't stop winning uh there's not many adjustments to be made there and then of course something like the first playoff round happens where suddenly adjustments need to be made but you don't have any practice making those adjustments or even knowing what adjustments need to be made in the moment and that's when, and that's when that like galaxy braining starts. It's just like, oh <laughs> shit, something's going down. Uh, do something, and uh, that's kind of if they do start to struggle uh, at the beginning of the season. I actually think that might be in some ways better for them in kind of trying trying new things and trying to adjust to adversity. And it's, I think it's if they keep doing really well throughout the regular season uh but the playoffs might keep giving them a hard time um breakout player i would say matthew joseph he's a good one yeah mm-hmm. yeah um i would th- i would kind of say kevin shattenkirk i think he i think his pride's a little a little bruised and i think that he wants to show people um that he's not as bad as everyone has been saying. Oh, Mikhail Sergachev, I'm kind of interested to see what he's going to do. Like, it's been, like, 
this third, fourth year. Well, he's like third year, I want to say it is. Um, and I know it's hard to kind of take the next step as a defenseman when Victor Hedman's always going to be the number one, but I kind of just want to see him make leaps and bounds. I agree with Kevin uh, Shattenkirk. I feel like he's one of those guys that kind of has something to prove, so he's going to have that extra kind of push in his game to kind of be like, fuck you guys. Yeah. (laughs) What I can do. And it's a one-year contract, I think, too, so he's still, like, he has something to play for for next season. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Anything else on Tampa Bay? Moving on to Boston. Um, Had a Pretty strong 2018-2019 season, ending with 107 points and just a game away from being Stanley Cup champions. Um, they over the summer <laughs> they added Carlin Holm and Brett Ritchie and subtracted Marcus Johansson and Noel Akari. Um, they added 0.6 wins and um, subtracted 1.6 million in salary. What do we like about Boston? So. Half the people on this team, for sure, are made up. Like, <laughs> I'm just concerned that like the rest of the league is going to finally solve their first line. And after that, I I don't know what they have to offer. I mean, their second line, I think, is Krejci and DeBrusque, and then they're still waiting on a winger. And I think that there's some really interesting options for that. But just as a Charlie whole, Coyle. that's what I was thinking. Coyle or um, Danton Heinen, but I just I don't know. I I I don't know how long the Bruins can keep this up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how long they can keep being the Bruins until another team kind of cracks the code. Yeah. Yes. Because you even saw it like in the first round against the Leafs. Like there were times that our we were able to kind of crack like with the matchups and all that. We were able to figure yeah. out how to kind of tire out that first line and then we were able to depend on our second line to score like for example so if you're able to kind of run like two solid lines then that's one way that you can easily beat the Bruins and yeah I think a lot of teams are kind of getting to that point yeah I mean the Bruins are also they're not entirely aging out obviously but you know they're they're getting like they're a lot of their stars are now starting to get up there in years and like, mm-hmm. you know, they're still, they're, they're still running Chara out there um, with in the playoffs with his broken jaw for yeah. way too many minutes. And it's just kind of like, at some point you got to start planning for what comes after. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I think there's a lot of dependence on like Marchand, Bergeron, mm-hmm. uh, Chara, like, and Rask, and Rask and too. I think that if any of those kind of cogs break, then that's what's going to kind of send them into a spiral. Like, what do we do if Marchand is out for like a couple of weeks? What do we do if Bergeron is out? Like, yeah. I don't know. I I think with Chara, I think like I'm not saying that the coach might be scared of him, but like, how do you say <laughs> no to Chara, who's like been their captain for so long? You're just like. Try. I think we're just gonna sit this out, and he's like, "Absolutely not." And you're just like, "Okay, absolutely not. Let's stop. run it again, <laughs> run it again." Like, I just I gonna say, I definitely do think that they're in like win now mode, especially yeah. for players like Patrice Bergeron, Marchand, um, even Krejci, and you know, of course, Shara. Um, I just 
can't stop. And I mean, they have made some, I think, important signings on defense with, you know, Brendan Carlo and Charlie McAvoy, but I just don't know. I, I feel like for the most part, they've stayed the same. And I don't know if the same is good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, also, I don't know that is Patrice Bergeron even back from his like groin injury from last season? Because you remember they had the at the end of the season, they had like everybody was so beat up yeah. when they finally yeah. started releasing the, the list of injuries. Like is, is Patrice Bergeron even playing to to start the season? So the last bit of news is that he skated on his own prior to team drills mm. uh, oh. on the 14th. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know that he's going to be going to be playing at the beginning of the season, which is just like there's there's that cog you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and who fills that hole, right? Like we're kind of facing the same thing with the Leafs right now, like with a couple guys out injured, but we, we at least kind of have those younger guys we can kind of throw into the lineup. Like, I'm not really sure like who, who the Bruins have to put on that top line. That is so effective. Yeah. It's like, okay, quick, get some chemistry together. Like, let's go. Do you think that this would be better for Patrice in the long run? If like he comes back, well, like it's really early in the season. But, like, if he's not as injured by the end of the season because he had a little bit of extra time to rest and, like, recuperate? I I do think so. And I think, you know, when we talk about the top three teams in the Atlantic, it's not, like, for for them, it's not like, oh, trying to get into the playoffs. It's like, you basically know you're going to get in the playoffs. So it's kind of like, yeah, these 82 games, like, take it. No one gets seriously injured because we're going to be playing after. So I think if the fact that there is not there isn't a lot of news on Patrice and who cares like how they do the first three weeks that's not going to make or break their team I don't think but so I, I like I think it's important to be cautious with him because you see how important he is in the postseason. See, I was kind of wondering if the Atlantic isn't the division where every single game counts because it can be quite close. I think there's still a bit of a gap between, like, so I'd say, like, Tampa, Bruins, Toronto are, like, the top kind of three, mm-hmm. and usually, like, Montreal, like, might do something, uh, maybe and then Florida. you have Ottawa. Then you have Ottawa. Yeah. You have, like, no offense, Buffalo. You have, yeah. like, so it's, it's knowing like your team and seeing where you are in the standings and it's that whole idea of kind of load management like if you see like okay like Tampa we have like this many points ahead of like the next like the second place team in the division like maybe Stamkos has a lighter night or maybe Hedman has a lighter night or if it's Boston maybe Bergeron has a bit of a lighter night so that you don't have him like literally like dying in the final round of the playoffs (laughs) yeah I completely agree, especially, like, how you separated it. I think, um, and we'll get to this later, but I think maybe, like, Montreal or Florida might make it interesting, but I think the top three teams are pretty much a lock. So besides, like, the, their top players getting hurt, do you guys see any other concerns for this team? And Who's like, their backup goalie? I was about to say I'm concerned about goaltending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they have, like... Oh, no, they have Halak. Oh, okay. 
He's not bad. He's not bad. And every time I think, like, okay, like, Halak, like, don't give him that much credit. He, like, plays like it's Stanley Cup Game 7. I'm like, what? Mm. Sir, please, this is a preseason game. There's babies (laughs) on the ice. Let them score. I have faith in him because I'm like, I've seen him stone my teams way too many times. (laughs) Halak? Yeah. No, both. Both. (laughs) Yeah, I think... Halak has very good stretches, and yeah. if the team doesn't disrespect Tuka like they normally do, I think he is. He's. I think he's a really good goal, goalie. The team. Yeah, I think. I think Tuka's a good goaltender. It's just that they sometimes don't um, do as well when he is being good, which forces him <laughs> to be even better, which then like tires him out, and yeah. it's yeah. Yeah, it comes back to the age thing for me. It's just like, stop tiring out. You're already tired. And if if one thing breaks down, your goalies should not be working as hard as they, the Bruins sometimes force their goalies to. And I say this as a Leafs fan, so. (laughs) Any breakout players for Boston? Anyone sticks out? Charlie Coyle. Yeah, I was thinking Charlie Coyle. Jake DeBrusque, I feel like they're always waiting for him to kind of take that next step. And and Charlie McAvoy, he has a new deal. He's nice and fresh, so <laughs> I hope he has a good season. I agree. I think Charlie Coyle's kind of – I heard him on the 31 Thoughts podcast with uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, and he sounds like someone who's always trying to kind of prove himself. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, that's – gonna be a big factor in his year and getting settled and all that kind of thing yeah. alright so next up we're gonna take a few steps back and talk about Montreal who in the 2018-2019 season ended up with 96 points um, over the offseason they added Nick Cousins, Ben Chereau Keith Kincaid and Phil Warone um, and in subtractions, they um, reduced Andrew Shaw, Jordy Ben, Antti Niemi, and Nicholas Laurier. Um, and they added, oh, actually, they subtracted 1.1 wins and um, <laughs> $0.2 million in salary. Just wanted to point out they did not add Sebastian Ajo or Jake Gardner. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, absolutely. But Ajo wanted to be there. Leslie yeah. wanted <laughs> to be right. there. Right. He did. Silly That's me. He it. All right. Um, so, yeah, no Sebastian Ajo, but is there anything else we like about this team? Um, I'm always, like, confused because, like, in theory, I know that no one thinks Keith Kincaid is like a great goaltender, but like he all like he always has success every time I watch a game. So like to me, them getting Keith Kincaid is a really good addition to their goaltending. But, but I just like I feel like that's a good add. Like I think that could help with Price. I don't know. Maybe yeah, Price is. He's a uh, he's a lot of money for how injured he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, and I he's... love Carey Price so much. I just I don't care. Pay him. <laughs> 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 
what he has to put up with, but like, yeah, <laughs> that is very yeah, true. I mean, last year I felt like Montreal kind of made it interesting, but I don't, I don't think any of the additions um, really push this team to like, okay, all right, they got someone who like, if they were to get Sebastian Ajo, that would really like make me look and be like, okay, this team, like they're top six, like think, you know, they could do something, but Nick Cousins? Like, how does he still, like, how is he still here? <laughs> is it because he's racist and they needed Max Nomi to have a friend? And that makes a lot of sense. They, unfortunately, that just seems to be a major factor in how they put together a roster, if you look at it. Yeah. Um, just, oh, that team. Yeah, they didn't do anything that kind of pushes them, like gives them that X factor. Like they yeah. just yeah. kind of remain. They've and and it's not like their team was that good that they could just stick with the status quo. Like they yeah. they needed someone to kind of take that step up or something, and that doesn't seem like it's coming. And on that same note, like having needing someone to like step up, like their younger guys, like they do have like good young guys coming up. But, like, in one of the preseason games, I think Ryan Poling played with a concussion. Like, he got, like, destroyed. And, like, you could see it for him coming off the ice. Like, he's not okay. And I guess maybe for preseason games, they don't have concussion spotters. I don't know. But no one had him come off the game, uh, come off the ice. And he continued to play. And now he's out. And it's like, it's a preseason game. This doesn't matter except for trying to get chemistry for your lines. That's it. And they have, like, guys that need to kind of step it up this year just in terms of, like, um, oh, who is it? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, Jonathan Drouin. Like, he's supposed to be, like, pretty good and didn't do too much last year, which you need, like, that other person. Like, Domi had a good year, but is Domi going to be able to keep it up this year or is he going to kind of take a step back because you just kind of got, like, a lot of lucky bounces? Like, you can't just depend on the one guy to have a killer year every single year. Like you need to kind of spread it out. So. Yeah. Yeah. And pulling, he had, he had like his, what was it? His premiere last year against us. He got that hat trick and it was just kind of <laughs> like, um, you know, I was, I, I was like, okay, well maybe, maybe he can be something for them, even though I kind of, you know, side eye him. Cause yeah. Again, yeah. It's the, Team pull up Trump supporters. What I not yeah. <laughs> whatever. But uh but then he's he's hurt, so I'm just kinda like, okay, that kind of whittles down the one player. I was like, okay, maybe yeah. maybe they can get something going there. Uh yeah, I don't even know. I'm looking at their roster, I'm like, oh yeah. Jay Weber's thirty four. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, my oh no. <laughs> Which like in <laughs> hockey years is like a thousand. Yeah. 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 Carey Price we... is 32. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> like, you look at the de- defense without Shea Weber. Like, Jeff Petrie, Carl Allner. I mean, we saw it. Ben Sherratt. <laughs> like, it's just... Yeah, you guys, you see, like, I just... I don't know. I don't... I keep saying, like, Montreal can make it interesting, but can they? Like, am I, like, just giving them too much credit? I don't know. I mean, I was... 
Montreal was coming for the Penguins wildcard spot last year. <laughs> I know, that's why I was scared. I was so scared. I had to count them out. <laughs> I, I mean, and I, I feel like, I feel like Quad Julian gets them to play like a good yeah. team game where it's not like star players, but it's everyone playing by committee. Um, and if Shea Weber is healthy, then that, that helps carry Price and that helps the team. Yeah. But just, Shea Weber's type of defense and the type of defenseman that he is, I, I can't see him not getting injured because he throws his body around a lot. Mm-hmm. He's, like, too physical for how old he is. This is a team, like, we talked about with Boston. Like, one of their top guys gets hurt. I mean, yeah. this is serious for Montreal. Like, who steps in? Well, and then because also you don't want to push like Suzuki in, like yeah, and right. ruin his development, like yeah. kind of put him in a position to kind of fail. Yeah. But to be honest, that's like Montreal's specialty, kind of. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually very fair. Okay, I do. I will say the one thing I I got about on Montreal, so I, I lie a little bit about my reasons to care about Montreal, is I am kind of interested in seeing what happens with Jesperi uh, Kotkaniemi yeah, yeah. this year. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was actually going to be my sort of pick for breakout players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see more of him and how uh, he sort of continues playing. I think my breakout breakout player would be Jordan Wheel. He was um, a flyer, and he got traded to Montreal. But he's, like, if you give him the chance, like, if he'll be such a good bottom six player, like, he can play, like, he can play center, he can play, like, on the wing. Um, I think he can play all positions, but he's just so feisty, and he's so good, he's so fast. He doesn't score that much, but, like, when he does, it's amazing. And he's just so happy. And he's just, like, he's a good player. Like, yeah. I, Katka would be, I think, my choice for breakout player. Um, partially just because I always am interested in seeing what kind of, like, top, like, first-round picks, and especially the top first-round picks do. Like, I guess I would say Jonathan Druin, even though just because, like, he was drafted really high and he's always been really confident in his um in his skill set and just I want to see what he can actually do to kind of just put your money put your mouth where your whatever put your money where your mouth is basically because <laughs> I feel like he talks a big game about his skill and I we haven't seen that yet like just little flashes here and there but like a full 82 of what he actually looks like because I'm not seeing it yeah, I like Duran, so I'd, I'd like him to have a good season and kind of prove all those people wrong. But, like, not too good of a season, because Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else on Montreal? Then we will head back down south to the Florida Panthers. In the 2018-2019 season, they had 86 points. Um, and over the offseason, they've added Sergei Bobrovsky, Brett Connolly, Anton Strawman, and Noel... I can't do it. Achari. Achari. Okay. And then they subtracted Roberto Luongo, James Reimer, Troy 
Brower, uh, Jamie McGinn, and Riley. Sh- oh, Riley Shea. Um, I know him. He's in Edmonton now. <laughs> oh, I feel so badly for him. Um, so, and they added 5.6 wins, which is a lot, um, and added 10.1 million dollars in salary, which is also a lot. Um, and I'm sure most of that's for Yes, it is. <laughs> Um, so what do we like about this team for this year? Oh, and they also, I forgot to add, they also added, um, Joel Quinville. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can't forget that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really like their forwards. Um, I think they have a good top six, well, top eight, I'll say. They have a good top eight. <laughs> um, <laughs> the person you took out. Their third line center. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and I also, I really like, I like Sergei Bobrovsky as a goalie. I think he's a really good goalie. Um, that defense is a little suspect, but I do think that their forwards are very, very good defensively, so that should be able to help their defense a little bit. Um, and they're able to score in bunches or whatever. And I think Joel Quinville is going to be able to help them be a more cohesive team. I agree. I think adding Bobrovsky kind of helps fill the like the defense gaps they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if like their defense kind of shits the bed, they at least have Bobrovsky behind them as that like final defender. And like you said, they kind of they can score a lot. So I think I think they'll be interesting this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like they made moves to get into the playoffs. I don't know if these moves will get them far in the playoffs. And I don't know if, like, that's a beneficial thing. Like, I know that, like, playoff revenue is important for fans and, like, the the team and the, and the arena and to make profit. But I just don't think that this team can get out of the first round. And so I don't know why you would make so many commitments to certain players, um without, like, that surety of, like, okay, if I'm going to pay you this much, like, we're going to get past the second round or we're going to make noise in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how I feel about that. But, I mean, for this season, I think the moves that they made definitely made them a stronger team and a playoff contender. Yeah. I don't know. My my thing with the playoffs is, and I think this past season proved it, if nothing else did, is just, like, on such a small uh, sample size of games, like, anything can happen it is sheer chaos so i think yeah. in some ways like the the first step is getting like half the battle is getting into the playoffs mm-hmm. and then who knows maybe maybe you'll sweep the tampa bay lightning in the first <laughs> round <laughs> like sure, okay. yeah. i mean no like honestly against tampa like i would not be wow. surprised mm-hmm. um, okay i just i don't know i felt like i had more I was more confident in the Blues last year, like, going on to, going into the season. I thought that I was more confident in their defense and their forwards. I think goaltending was the only thing that was shaky for me. I don't know if I feel as confident with the Panthers, but I definitely think they can get into the playoffs with this roster. Um, yeah. And I, to talk about their – sorry, sorry, sorry. Talk no, about their um, third-line center. He was a rookie last season, so I'd be interested to see, like, how he does this season, especially with Brett Conley as a good winger, so. I just am concerned that they are putting all of their eggs in the Bobrovsky basket. 
Um, you know, I don't know about backup options. I don't know, you know, any, and I, I'm not sure that their defense is strong enough to, you know, bolster a subpar, um, backup goalie. So it's, I don't know. I just, I feel like they really want, you know, Quinville's system is always very, um, offensively focused and like, well, I mean, I guess you could say that for any coach is that their goal is to keep the puck out of the net, but, um, (laughs) Like, I think that they're trying to combine that with Bobrovsky's success and his, um, you know, really strong goaltending and hoping that that will cover up a lot of mistakes. And I don't necessarily know that that's sustainable. Yeah, I'm looking at the backup stats right now. So Samuel, how do I even say this? Uh, Montable or something. Um, It's fine. Montable? It's like French. I can't figure it out. (laughs) So he started in 11 games last year. His goals against average was 3.05, and his save percentage was 0.894. So that doesn't look great if Bob gets hurt. (laughs) Yeah. But then you don't want to run into the issue of just overplaying him. Right. Mm -hmm. You You don't want to start him for 70 games and then have to try and do a playoff run. And that's, like, kind of, I feel like they might do because he's the more proven goaltender. What do you guys think about Aaron Ekblad? I know, Helen, you were talking about you don't want to talk about, like, busts or anything. Oh, I love Aaron Ekblad because he played for, like, the junior team, that Mm -hmm. uh, like, the OHL team back home. But he's he's not great. (laughs) Yeah. He was first overall, though, right? How did that happen? (laughs) I don't remember that draft year. I'm not sure. If I, don't, I can't even tell you what year he was drafted, to be honest. There's draft years that like, like, 2015. Sure. <laughs> 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 literally, I'm like, what? But I definitely I feel, feel like they gave him a bit, like, they gave him a lot too soon, maybe. Especially with defense, I feel like you have to, like, you know, let them get out their kinks in, like, the AHL. And then, because the NHL, it's, like, so hard. There are... A few exceptions, like we'll talk about um, uh, Buffalo later, but like Rasmus Dahlin is, yeah, wow. But uh, you know, t- taking a defenseman that you want to like develop into like a star NHL defenseman and putting them directly into the NHL is a dangerous thing to do. And like, he played 81 games in his first <laughs> season, like. Yeah, like going yeah. from the O to the NHL is such a different style. <laughs> so do you think that, like, he's not good or they just didn't develop him properly? I think he just wasn't developed. He just yeah. wasn't given the chance to kind of adjust his game, like, yeah. at a good pace. It was kind of, like, thrown to the wolves, figure it out. So the error, like, the mistakes and gaps in his game he has, he was never really able to address them. And now it's just kind of this is how he plays. Yeah, and Keith Yandel's a really good defenseman, though, so having them being on a pair, maybe that can, that balances out Ekblad's, mm-hmm. like, mistakes, but I don't even know if Ekblad's, like, good on the power play, because I know that's Keith Yandel's yeah. thing, like, he's very, very good on the power play, so, like, I don't even know if he has, like, that going for him mm-hmm. to kind of cover up whatever, what else he's doing for the rest of the time that he's on the ice. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else on the Panthers? Any um, breakout players? I will say I'm just I'm pretty impressed with 
how much the Panthers have actually done lately. Um, yeah. I just think it's it's kind of okay. I'm gonna. I forget about the Panthers a lot, and this is like kind of made me yeah. like sit up and take notice of them. You know, changing yeah. the coach, bringing Quinville, um, Bobrovsky. I just, I, I think that this might be sort of almost a transitional season for them, where like they try to determine what they have and what they need moving forward. So, um, so Buffalo. Um, Danielle. Yeah, Danielle's favorite team. Um, in 2018-2019, they had 76 points. All right, so some additions. They added Con Miller, Marcus Johansson, um, Henry Yokoharu, and Jimmy Vesey, BC. And for um, subtractions, they parted ways with Jason Pominville and Alex Nylander. And they added, oh, jeez, they added two wins (laughs) and um, $6 million. So let me just start this off. Like, what the hell is Buffalo doing? I don't know (laughs) what Jason Pominville's doing. They have like way too many rostered players. They have, to, and I mean, like they're bottom six rostered players, like bottom six, third pair defensemen. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. If you don't know, how do you expect us to know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do like the addition of Marcus Johansson. Um, if he can stay healthy, and unfortunately, the past couple of seasons he hasn't had the best of luck staying healthy, and like you know when he was in Boston and then when he was with the Devils. But I really do like him, one, because he can play any position, and I think that's useful, especially, like, as the season goes on and um, the team, like, people get hurt and you need a left winger, you need uh, need a right winger, whatever. Um, and he can play up and down the lineup. But the main reason is because Marcus Johansson is really good on the power play. I mean, he obviously is really good with elite players, and when he was with um, the Caps playing with Ovechkin and honestly most most uh, specifically was Nicholas Backstrom he played really really well so I'm excited to see um what he can do with like Rasmus Dahlin and Jack Eichel on the top power play I don't know if he'll get that opportunity because with um Sam Reinhart and Jeff Skinner he might not but even if he doesn't just playing on the second power play with like Middlestat and Olofsson he could help out the second power play. They may not score, but they can, like, <laughs> they can take up some time while the first power play, like, catches their breath and comes back out. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was, like, my favorite addition um, this off season. Yeah, I will say they have a, a defense that's not just Dolly. Like, so say um, Ristolainen, he doesn't get traded. Yeah. So what would you ideally want to do with him? Like, would you put him on the second pair or the third pair and have, like, Colin Miller move up? What would you do with him? I think me, specifically, I would put him on the third pair and then have Colin Miller move up. The thing about them is that they have new coaches, so I really don't know what they're going to do. And that's the frustrating part because I know what I wouldn't do, and it's everything that the coaches did last year. So this preseason they're just they've been mixing everything up and nothing there's no consistency really like I mean one night Eichel can be playing with Skinner then the next night he can be playing with Reinhardt then next night he can be playing with Jimmy Vesey so it just like you never know who is going where the only sure thing we know is that Darlene is going to be on the first pair but that's really it like you really don't know so as the resident like Buffalo fan do you think they're going to do worse or 
better than last year. <laughs> I think that they might just be like exactly even. Like that's the that's the that's frustrating rough. part. I I don't. If they get eighty points, I will be very surprised. I don't know. I feel like I'm more realistic on Buffalo just because like I follow other teams, so I don't have like my whole hopes and dreams aren't like on one team. And, like, I so. <laughs> Yeah, if it I was feel like on that one team, me. I feel like Buffalo would not be the team to invest <laughs> all your hopes and dreams. I would, like, it would I mean, but if you're in Buffalo, it's either Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres or the Bills, and they were starved for any yeah. team to do well. <laughs> yeah. Wait, they had um, the Buttes? Yeah, they did have yeah. The Buttes. you're right, you're right. Yeah, they did have the Buttes. Okay, but for a team that existed, like, five years ago, like, <laughs> they yeah. were looking for anything. Buffalo, there's so many questions. I think if they do well, it's everything It just depends on it. And I will be the first to say I do not trust their goalie tandem. I think that was one thing that Botterill needed to do over the off season. I don't know who he's supposed to get, but he needed to get somebody. But I don't trust these goalies at all. Like, sometimes you just need, like, your goaltender to just, like, bail you out of a game like I know it mm-hmm. might be a lot but it's just like please please just for us like we're they, they're shitty tonight but I just need a win from you like put this team on your shoulders and they never would do it they never would do it do you think with the with the addition of Montour and Miller like that'll like help them a little bit so they're not having to bail everyone out like every game I don't remember like I don't know I haven't looked at Mil- uh, Montour's stats recently, but I don't think that he's like a defensively great defenseman. I think if he's with a gr- if he's with a good partner, he would be better. But I mean, I you take like Buffalo, and then like he was on Anaheim the year before, so it's like you take their stats kind of with a grain of salt because like everyone's mm-hmm. kind of bad. Um, right. But I do think that and Carlisle Mont- was not good. Yeah, Carlisle was like a horrible coach, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I think the the addition of, like, Miller and Montour and Darlene and Yoki Haru and putting them in pairings that really fit their playing style and make sure that they're, you know, deployed well and, like, they're put in positions to succeed, I think that will really help Buffalo. It's just, I don't know if the coach will do it. And I, I am not, like, bashing the coach. I have full faith in, in him, and I want him to do well. I just don't know, especially because he wasn't in the NHL last season, and, like, when he was, the last time he coached Edmonton for a half of the season. And, like, I don't know, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Is that so. NHL experience? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know, so... Every coach in the beginning starts off great, and then <laughs> they just have that one player they fell in love with, and I'm just praying it's not Marco Scandella. And... <laughs> have you seen him? It might be. Mm, he's he's, he's pretty handsome. If he's going to fall in love with a player that's, like, older and kind of bad, like, do Bogosian, because he's beautiful, and he's probably injured a lot, too, so that doesn't help. But I'm just... just my, my thing with Buffalo is that, like, I'm just getting cut tired of waiting for them to figure it out. Oh, they're mm-hmm. all tired as well. Yes, <laughs> they are very tired. Okay. Oh, right. So, next up, let's take a trip to Detroit. Um, in the 2018-2019 season, they had 74 points. They added Patrick Nemeth and Valtteri Fipula and subtracted Thomas Vanek, uh, Martin... Oh, did we just talk about this guy? 
that's his real last name. Martin Frick and not a single vowel. And um, <laughs> Nicholas Cronwell. Um, they subtracted 0.4 wins and added two million in salary. Um, and can I just say, give Dylan the C. Yes, I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. It has like, to happen. So, like, I heard, and this is this could be complete BS, it, so take what I say with a grain of salt, but I heard that, like, Iserman or one of the coaches said that they didn't want to saddle Dylan or a player with the stress of the C um, because, like, they're not going to be good for a while. So, like, why <laughs> give them that stress until once they start, like, doing, you know, you know, making moves to be good? Um, then they would think about that. I don't know how true that is because, like, every time you see Dylan, someone in Detroit is asking him, like, how would it be, like, to wear the C for this, like, franchise and all that stuff. And he has such a perfect, like, like, chef's kiss, like, uh, response. He's just, give him, he deserves the C for sure. But I don't know based on their management. Someone the C to boost morale at least. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah, like, like, we're a real team. Not that the Maple Leafs aren't real, but... But I was listening to I Red Wings, like, preview, and the guy, like, it was a guy on there that follows the, the Red Wings, and basically he said, like, this is a rebuilding team, and to not expect much from them, and they know that they're not going to be good. So, like, all they're hoping for this season is that the, the first-round picks or the prospects that are playing that can hopefully get a roster spot come in and do well. Um, and the one, like, I think it was, like, Philip Zadina. Zadina? Like, he was in the mm-hmm. AHL last season and did pretty well. So that was something that they are they're hoping, that he takes a step forward and can do have a solid, a good NHL rookie season and I thought that was fair like he didn't put any like expectations on his team like he was like yeah we're not great so okay that's all well and good I my feelings will still be hurt every (laughs) single game (laughs) I was just gonna say I was just looking at their roster yeah uh uh and uh I'd completely forgotten that they got Madison Bowie last year (laughs) I just I love him so much so I suddenly I have a I have another reason to like want good things for Detroit because I just want to see him smile. That's literally it. Me too. Then, there's like dumpster boy Tyler Bertuzzi. <laughs> oh God, yes. I think I like that though. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say anything wrong about it? <laughs> You're not wrong, but like I think I'm a fan. Like he's such a mess. <laughs> But there, I will say their top line is very good, or Large. it has potential. I don't know if you would want that to be your top line in a contending team, but I think that you know they did pretty well that line last season. I like that the management is being like straight up that this is a rebuilding team. We're working on developing these guys instead of like setting expectations too high because then you can you can enjoy the season for what it is instead of what it isn't yeah yeah I will say that a lot of their um problematic contracts come off the books at the end of this season okay um so that should be good but and it it comes they all like leave the books just as their RFAs kind of need to be resigned yeah like oh. Athens CU who's gonna get a raise and like Anthony Mantha who's probably gonna get a raise. 
Um, so that's good. So their cap situation, there is a light at the end of that yeah. tunnel. So I think we can just say that Detroit's gonna do something. Yeah. And like they're gonna be there. Like, you play them <laughs> They're gonna be time. a team. Yeah. Dylan Larkin's still fast. Still fast. So yeah. you know, there's things that are true when you look at Detroit. <laughs> there is like, they're there. Dylan Larkin is fast. You know? And they're in the Atlantic fun. division. Like, <laughs> they play in Detroit. <laughs> All right. Ottawa. Um, so, in, <laughs> so in 2018-2019, they had 64 points, but they have added basically the entire Toronto Maple Leafs roster. Um, <laughs> so they added Connor Brown, Nikita Zaitsev, Tyler Ennis, Ron Hainsey, and Artem Antimov. Um, and they have subtracted Oscar Lindbergh, Brian Gibbons, Zach Smith, Cody Cece, oh, and Ben Harper. Oh. Um, um, what are our thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I love to see a GM and owner talk shit about <laughs> a team's defense and then hire the defense coach <laughs> and trade for all of our worst parts of our defense. I love to see it. You'd love to see it. <laughs> It, I mean, it was hilarious, and it was a great move at the time as a as a Leafs fan. I was just like, look at all these contracts we've unloaded, and we're not going to keep Cody Cece and, like, play Ben Harper. There's no way. <laughs> um, Tyler Ennis was a good signing for them, I will say that. Like, I think they're the, going to like Tyler Ennis. He, yeah, I mean, he's already scored against us, so they've <laughs> gotten their money's worth there. Um, Ron Hainsey... How is he still in the league? Like, Hainsey, retired. <laughs> Honestly, should have retired after he, um, like, deked, who was it, James Neal and someone else in the Stanley Cup Finals. I I know that Otto has been in a rough place recently, and just, yeah. like, I, I can gauge how rough it is by the fact that I actually feel okay about good things happening for them. <laughs> <laughs> like... Because yeah. they've just, they've lost so much that at this point yeah. I can't even be salty about, like, something nice happening for Ottawa. I'm just like, they, they, they deserve that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I think going, like, in a few years they're going to have, like, their defense I think will look good with, like, Shabbat. And if they can get, like, um, Brandstrom locked up, I think that will be good. But, and, like, Kachuk, and I think he's going to be really good for them. And, um all of that but like right now it's just so dark <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. anything they do it's just like sh- a shadow of Eugene Melnick like yeah. ruining it kind of thing <laughs> you know for uh for all that I am like you know I said a lot of things about Connor Brown last year <laughs> Um, and I don't think he really had a place on the Leafs. I don't think that, like, I've been thinking about it, and I don't think that's a bad signing for, for them either. Like, he has an upside, it just wasn't one that would have worked on the Leafs, and, and Ottawa has, has so few upsides, but <laughs> in some and, ways... Know, I, think, mm-hmm. I think Zaitsev might be able to do something up here, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> One thing I am worried about with Ottawa, though, is their goaltending, because there's there's another goalie who's 
Oh, oh, I didn't realize he's that. He's 38. Craig Anderson is oh, 38. Yes. Oh, yeah. Are you serious? I'm serious. Oh, my. He's going to so get hit with great. the puck, and his skeleton is just going to, like, fly out of his mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, like, when you look at, like, what happened, what's happened to the Sens the last couple of seasons, it would fit in. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Ottawa's a bit better at, like the splitting starts because they do have Nielsen as their backup. So like last year, Anderson got 50 starts, which is still like fairly high, but not, it's not too bad when you consider his age. Like it seems like they're balancing a bit better than other teams. And Nielsen does seem to be a pretty reliable backup. Mm -hmm. I wonder just like with that, even 50 starts, but like how many shots is he seeing? Like, you know, like it could be 50 starts, but like if, you're getting outshot like 40, 45 shots a night. Like, I just, I don't know. I say that, but then I also remember like Brady Kachuk's first game and the Flyers lost that game. So I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> you know, like they could win when against bad teams. So. I mean, to be fair, yeah. the Austin Matthews four game game, like four goal <laughs> game, true. we lost. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Carlson was there. Carlson was there. And they have, like, Bobby Ryan for, like, two more years. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't realize he was so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and he has is not he... been... Okay, there we go. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's, he's not good. His last 30-goal season was uh, 2011-2012. Oh, rough. <laughs> Closest he's gotten since is um, the 2013-14 season where he got Jesus. 23 goals. <laughs> so, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like if you ever want to feel better about yourself, just go look at Bobby Ryan's cap friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like to be fair, he, he injures his hands a lot. <laughs> like I feel like that's his biggest injury: his hands. So. Yeah. Can't do much else. Last year he had 15 goals. Odd. <laughs> oh he's he's 32 and he makes 7.25. Fun contract. Oh my god. <laughs> Yikes. Oh my god. Jeez. So, are there any breakout players for Ottawa that you guys think? I'm excited to watch Kachuk? Shabbat, Kachuk, yeah, Brandstrom. Other than that, it's just kind of like... <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for Brady. I think he's going to be my breakout person. I love it's him so much. <laughs> I feel like Brady is kind of the the choice. Yeah, the sure pick. Yeah, if you're going to... Yeah. If you're looking for someone who, who will have a good year. <laughs> or, I know that he's like... I didn't even realize this, but Anthony Duclair is on their team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see, like... It would not surprise me if, like, he finds success and consistency in, with the Senators. i just be like, really? All the other teams you played with? Like, but I could see that, kind of. He seems like someone who wants to be, like, a top guy. So I yeah. think that being in Ottawa might be a good fit for him because there aren't really any other kind of top guys. And, yeah. like, the... Like, it's just preseason, but I know he played, like, the first preseason game against the Leafs, and he seemed to have, like, a... Like good game like a lot of jump in his mm-hmm. steps so you never know right yeah that's true that's true 
Can I just say that, like, Kelsey's finally around, like, Leafs fans, and she's just, like, all <laughs> she's thriving. she can't stay around us. She's just, like, <laughs> Okay. Well, on that note, maybe we should yeah. just move on to the Leafs. Oh, <laughs> It'll be fun. on the podcast right now. No. <laughs> they made a ton of, like, moves. So. All right. So, in 2018-2019... Toronto had a very satisfying 100 points even. Um, and they have added, they have made quite a few additions, um, starting with, well, not starting with, but including Tyson Berry, Alex Kerfoot, Kevin Gravel, um, Kenny Augustino, Jason Spezza, Cody Cece, and your favorite and mine, Ben Harper. <laughs> they have subtracted Jake Gardner, Nazem Kadri, Connor Brown, Nikita Zaitsev, Tyler Ennis, Ron Hainsey, and Patrick Marlowe. And they've added, well, actually, they've subtracted 0.8 wins and <laughs> also subtracted $12.1 million in cap space. What do we like so far? I'm loving their cap hit, like their cap <laughs> situation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding. But I also, I do like... I do like a lot. I do like some players on the Leafs. Like, I like Austin Matthews and I like William Nylander. Um, and I like Freddie Anderson. So, yeah. <laughs> I like those three. I don't like Tyson Barry. That's a, that's a big, like, we can't talk about it on this podcast because Danielle, like, attacks me because I don't like him. <laughs> like, I love Tyson Barry. She's so fake. Like, she's she probably hates him just because I like him. Like, she's so <laughs> fake. It's so, that's something that you so would cool. do. I feel like he has really creepy eyes, and I just cannot get past it. He has a, such he a does. sweet face. He's no. so fun. All right. <laughs> All right, back to the leaves. <laughs> I think there's a lot on our roster to like. Mm-hmm. It's just the person in charge of it <laughs> that's yeah. um, kind of killing any good vibes I'm trying to have. <laughs> I thought some of the moves that Dubas made this season. It was like taking Babcock's toys away. Yeah, Cody Cece and Ben Harper are kind of like epitomize um like Babs's type, which was why it was such a strange thing for them to like specifically Cece because I thought for sure he just like wouldn't end up with a contract in Toronto. Um and instead he's here and playing like on the top defensive pairing and you know, I'm just screaming in my head every day, and that's that's fine. Um, but but that being said, like our our yeah. offense is killer. Yes. Yeah. Um, and when, especially, I think when like all of our like injured players come back, uh, like we've got we've got a solid lineup. And I have no idea what our, like, fourth line is going to look like. I'm not even really sure right now what our third line is going to look like. But, uh, like, in the preseason, uh, I mean, Austin, Willie, and uh, Andreas Janssen, just, like, lovely. Love it so much. Yeah. Um, and Cappy, Kasperi Kapanen on the line with uh, Mitch Marner and John Tavares, uh, is supposed to be just like a temporary thing while Zach Hyman is out, but I actually have been loving everything I see from that line. Uh, even though I like, I, I really like Zach Hyman and uh, feel like he brings something to whichever of those lines 
he ends up on. Like, I, I feel like he, he did great with uh, Willie and Austin the years that he was there. So the problem is, honestly, for me, I'm just like, we have too many good players. Which is, <laughs> not to flex, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's um, kind of the for... issue with... Oh. That's kind of the issue with Babcock right now, too, because for our fourth line, like we have more centers than we have lines right now. So we just picked up like, like we have Jason Spezza and everyone is basically screaming like, no, he would be the best fit for like our fourth line center. He has the experience. He has the hockey knowledge. Like he's not as fast as he used to be, but like the games I've watched, like his passing is still just as good and all of that. And Babcock is still like, well, he's got to prove himself and prove he wants (laughs) to be here. And like, just Wait, making hard eyes at Frederick Goche, like what? so. He's six foot five. Every time he steps foot on the ice, Elizabeth. <laughs> how yeah. can you resist? How can you? How can you? Truly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, listen. Being six five gets you everywhere in the NHL. Like coaches love that. They really do. <laughs> Especially <Yeah>. ours. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> Do you think that this is like a make it or break it year for Babcock? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 100%. 100%. Wait, for you or for like, like the media with Dubis? I think, think for his job. I think yeah. very yeah. much. Uh, I think the what it comes down to is do we get out of the first round of the playoffs? Um, and if we wash out of the first round again. Um, to be fair, though, I did say the same thing last year. And... <laughs> well, it was like he was on the hot seat for a quick second, like after the playoffs. I think Dubas wanted to use like this summer to get the pieces he wanted, like get CC. We got Muzzin last year, like kind of like in it to win it year sort of thing and lock yeah. up those guys and try and remove the excuses sort of thing like that Babcock loves that like we don't have like the right D or we don't have whatever yeah kind of get those guys and like if you can't get into the second round with this group of like this Mm -hmm. core I don't know what to tell you (laughs) I mean I I don't know if you saw that he's still saying like that he's more confused than ever about our our D core yes (laughs) <laughs> wow I'm, like girl I'm not like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I love that Mike can we not <laughs> that's one thing I hate um, just like this like coaches comments like GM's comments about each other and I'm not saying like Dubis, uh, Dubis had any negative comments about Mike Babcock but I'm just saying like you are two grown men that are making a lot of money, you can talk it out. Like, you don't have to say this to the media. I just feel like that's just so petty. And, like, it's one thing if media members are, like, searching for stuff, and I know that, like, especially in Toronto, they probably are. They ask leading questions all the time. But, like, I mean, you can, like, not to bring up Blake Wheeler, but you can shut them down very easily and, and, you know, have your conversations you need to have with, like, in private. I just, I don't get that. That's so annoying to me. Um, I think that's another thing that happened this summer, too, is that Dubas and Shanahan and Babcock had meetings to figure out, like, what's going on there. I know that Babcock met with Matthews again, mm-hmm. so hopefully that helps. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and they did switch up, like, the coaching. They brought in, like, Hackstall and McFarland, and... McFarlane I'm interested to see because 
I think, it, yeah, it was, he was with the Panthers and they had an amazing power play last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that kind of shows itself on the Leafs because last year, like our power play was a nightmare. <laughs> was Which is so, so confusing, sad. but it's just like power plays are, that just shows you how, like, I don't know, how it just doesn't make sense. Cause you would think with all the talent you have, it just works. But yeah, I mean, first yeah. like few weeks it did work and we yeah, were all yeah. so excited for that power play. And then it just dropped off a steep cliff and it was, mm-hmm. it was bad. And, and nothing changed was the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of that's my that problem. Is so stubborn. That yeah. Park is so stubborn. What do you guys think of Sheldon? I love him. Okay. So much. So much. I like, I cannot say enough good things about Sheldon Keefe. He like, just like, even just the way that uh, Marley's players talk about him, uh, you can see that like all of them have so much respect for him and they like, they love him so much. Like, he brings out the best in his players. And if you just look at, like, last year, the Marlies lost so many players. Like, we we traded away so many of our, our players on the Marlies. The roster was just, like, a, a series of just, like, hoomsts. And, yeah. <laughs> and despite that, despite that, they not only made it into the playoffs, but they, like, they, like, made it far into the playoffs and like some of that was like Casimir Kaskasuo had suddenly just like some kind of crazy like goalie epiphany for a few (laughs) rounds and like really held it down for them but uh like every you could see that like uh, Sheldon Keefe is not unlike Babcock who will make Mm -hmm. every excuse about not having the right pieces not having the right players and like he's like I just don't have exactly what I'm looking for you didn't give me a roster of six foot five guys so what am I supposed to do with this uh Sheldon Keefe will take the players that he has and he will find the best in them and he will work with them to make sure that they are doing their best and that they are progressing in a way that he's satisfied with but also that they're satisfied with and like Every every interview I've ever read with a Marley's player talking about like what it's like working with Sheldon Keefe is very much like he just has so much respect for his players. He is so careful about the way he talks about them and to them in terms of like how he like makes sure to build them up rather than Mike Babcock, who will like make like backhand Nylander every game. Yeah. (laughs) Like yeah. backhanded yeah. comments about Willie, even when he's like, like kicking him when he's down, and like it's the exact opposite of how Sheldon Keith talks about his players. And like for that alone, I would love to see him replace Babcock. But then you can actually see like tangible results because every team, every year, even when he starts off with like a pretty shaky team, they they get it. They like get their shit together and they like find ways to become effective no matter what their roster looks like. And that is, I like, I chalk that up to Sheldon Keefe's coaching 100%. I think you touched on a good point about Babcock is like, 
like, yes, Babcock has the resume. He's won at, like, every level. But you have to look at the teams he had when he's yeah. done all this. Gold medals, he has an all-star team. When he was with Detroit, he had an all-star team. So mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like a coach that can kind of take, like, and we have, like, an all-star core, <laughs> but you still need to figure out how to work with these guys who aren't, like, first ballot Hall of Famers, which some is something that seems... Mike Babcock isn't that good at. I think for me, um, I don't, I don't know about his ability to kind of change it up because what I've kind of felt over the last season, and Elizabeth, you might like feel differently. I don't know, but like, uh, I, I started to kind of feel like a certain lack of of trust almost between Babs and the players. Um, just like from things that like Austin said in interviews from things that is that have kind of like just not quite like it's not been like anything overt for the most part but it kind of seems like to a certain extent the coaching can only do so much if like the relationship between coach and players isn't there and like I think as much as anything like as much as like giving instructions and and asking like and telling players to switch it up there's there's a certain element of to coaching that's just kind of like you know we're down we're losing we're playing against a team that's that's doing something i need to get you guys to the point where like that's not getting in your head and that you're yeah. not only just like following my instructions about what to do next but also like believe that you can change it up that you can switch it up that something different can happen next period or like between now and the rest of the game. And that's because I don't know if it's just that he's making like, like that his coaching is bad or that the relationship has just deteriorated because it like, it does seem like we would get into these like weird games where like things wouldn't go our way. And it like, didn't, it, it didn't feel like they could really like emotionally adjust to that the way that you need to. To kind of like yeah. come back second period, third period, refreshed and ready to do what needs to be done. I think one thing that jumps out to me, like um, remember last year when Mitch and Austin got the opportunity to play together, and Austin said like we know we have, or I think it was Mitch said no, we know we have to be perfect to yeah. stay together. And so I think that really kind of shed a light on what it's like in the room. They know that they like if the line isn't producing then Babcock's going to, like, there isn't time given to develop that chemistry. And the fact that, like, Mitch came out and said that, like, to the media, I think shows that's exactly what's going on in the room, is that they know that they need to do things exactly the way Babcock wants, or it's going to get shuffled around. So I think there's that extra level of kind of, like, um, nervousness, not nervousness, but like, okay, we need to make... Exactly, exactly. Which it like you don't get chemistry together like overnight like that's that's not how yeah, you good. build lines like we were lucky that Zach and Mitch and Tavares like just clicked automatically last year and all of that but what if they didn't <laughs> yeah yeah no that's fair and I mean I I can speak for the um, Kelsey or Christie but I mean I see that with Mike Sullivan with the lines and the changing of the lines that he did last season where it's no no one really had that consistency and he likes to focus on pairs not necessarily like you know a line and so you know 
So, yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying. Maybe in a different scale. I'm interested to see who is going to be your third line center with Kadri gone. Or who do you think, or who would you like, ideally? I think it's going to be Kerfoot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The thing is, he hasn't played as a center in the NHL. Um... So there's there's some concern there, and I feel like with Babs, that's the thing is I think that's the best choice. Uh, but I think with Babs, there's always that potential for him to just do something wacky, um, or like just decide because because yeah, like uh, Christy, you said it best. Like he is so fucking stubborn, and it, like he gets it into his head that something doesn't work, and that's it. So. Yeah. I, I do think that is going to be our best option, and I hope that Bab sees that as well. Um, because, yeah, I really like Alexander Kerfoot. I think um, he he's got it in him to make like a difference for our game. It's just a matter of who's going to be on that line, and can he kind of put it together to be a center at the NHL level? Mm-hmm. Who is like worst case scenario? Freddie Gautier? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> uh, for me, the worst case scenario is like he decides, like actually, we need William Nylander on the third line. Oh, but no. oh wow, okay. D- yeah. I don't. I've seen like people say that's like they kind of want to see that. I don't know. No, if that's... Those people are oh, wrong. Okay. <laughs> oh okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, no, you're wrong, people. No, Sorry. you staple William Nylander to Austin Matthews' side, yeah. and uh, if you don't, I live in Toronto. I can come down and fight you, Babcock. <laughs> like, don't don't test Catch me. these hands. There's <laughs> just video of like Helen beating his ass. <laughs> Like, listen, I'm small, but I'm angry, and that... <laughs> Honestly, oh, if Willie saw you beating him, he'd join in. <laughs> yeah. No, he would not. He Austin would, would too. People are like, Let, we gotta get her off him. He's like, hey, hey, hey. Let's, 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 let's wait for the police. <laughs> She's I got know. a point. <laughs> I know. Let her speak. <laughs> oh. And sort of along those same lines, I know that we've sort of We've talked about Ben Harper a lot, but who ideally would you see on that um, like six eight defense? Pain. <laughs> oh god! I know you have um, there's Travis Dermott, but I know that he is injured, so I know that he's expected back, you know, semi early in the season, but you never know, and of course, you don't don't necessarily know what that's going to look like. Yeah. What about Lilligren? Isn't he like y'all's top defensive prospect? Um, I would say Lilligren is up there. I would say right now uh, Rasmus Sandin is actually okay. um, he he was like a, a newer ad than Lilligren, but uh, he actually, like, I would say progressed a little bit better last year, especially because uh, Timothy Lilgren was uh, kind of plagued with injuries. He had, like, he broke his ankle last year, so that kind of set him back quite a bit. And he's still not quite, uh, just like even seeing him at the at, at, in the preseason, like, I really like him, um, and... I, I want I think he'll get there eventually. I think right now Rasmus Sandin, especially because he's gotten 
so much bigger. It's really weird. Like, he looked like a child last year, and, like, he's come back looking like an actual <laughs> adult man, and I, I'm, like, I'm very confused by it. Um, got, like, facial hair. I don't, I, I don't understand, but, uh, yeah, he, like, he grew up and out. It's, it's, like, completely, he, like, looks completely different, and, like, with that has also come, like, added, like, like speed and power on the ice and he like looks really good out there i think he might actually make it out of training camp which i did not i would not have put money on uh before preseason started so so i don't know i think that might be i think he might make it to the big show uh like and i i don't hate that i actually like i was very excited for for him like being in our pipeline i i thought it would be like a year or two down the line but if he makes it this year that's that's great that's like someone that we've had as like a potential really good player and everyone was kind of like but he's not ready and like Lilligren's not ready and like yeah who knows when they will be but it seems like he might be I don't know and then do you think it would be um Riley Cece oh god it looked like it (laughs) yeah Those poor backs, like... <laughs> I know! I was thinking that. Like, he's... Like, his entire career, he's played with terrible defensemen. Or, like, terrible partners. Poor thing. Terrible. And this has always been, like, successful. <laughs> like, he's just still... Like, he hasn't let them, like, you know, drag him down. Just carries his pairing every single every year. Day. Do you think that, like, maybe if he had, like, a good... D partner, maybe he just couldn't do it because he's just so used to having to carry someone. He's just like, I'm trying to carry you, Tyson Berry. Like I'm trying to carry him. He's like, I don't need. I don't. Need, I'm good. Uh, maybe he's too. Maybe he's too used to it. He like likes to get to step up to the plate and like yeah. he's just like I like being needed. Uh, yeah. just, Tyson's oh. like I'm good. Oh. Doesn't that sound like him? Though? It does. <laughs> oh no. I hope he has a therapist. <laughs> Is there anything you guys haven't gotten the chance to like yell about as far as the Marner deal? Or <laughs> how everything went down. I feel like on your episode about the Marner deal, like it was, just, it just came full circle. It was like first, it was like what, and then it was like well, and then it was like you know what, we like fuck it, like fuck it, We're, we got it done. And I was like okay, look, I felt like I went through the motions. So, but I'll be, I'm ready to go into any type of emotion you want to go. Like, you want to be mad? Like, I'm here to, like, yell? Like, you want to be happy? Y'all, I don't know. Like, we, we went through it this summer. And, yeah. yeah. And I think at this point, it, it was just, like, such, so much turmoil that I don't even know that I have any more turmoil in me sure. at this point. It's yeah, just, like, you know what? He's here. I personally don't have to worry about our cap situation. Like... You know, like, other than the fact that I do and it keeps me up at night, but, like, <laughs> like he, you know, he's signed, he's here, he had that one awful turnover in preseason that, karma. uh... That was karma. <laughs> karma. <laughs> um, it's weird, I expected, I guess a lot of people are saying, like, the second he signs, it's just gonna go back to everybody loving him, and I was just like, no, I don't know, I'm gonna have some mixed feelings about it, and then... 
it took like a day and now I'm just like <laughs> right back on the Mitch Marner train. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I put out like the the like the least blueprint video of like Mitch arriving in Newfoundland and I was just like, That's my boy. <laughs> like, yeah. just re- just back in it like <laughs> i'm so happy that you feel that way helen because like i love mitch and like if this i mean if this negotiation didn't affect me at all but like i do love mitch i just think he's just such a mess and like but also <laughs> fun but so i'm happy that you're saying because i was like kind of nervous i saw um well i didn't see a lot about the mitch stuff so i i honestly feel bad for you guys because I know that was all the time um but I did feel see that someone was saying like you know him holding out this way is gonna hurt his like contracts outside of the Leafs like his endorsement deals and how like fans perception of him and like this is gonna be a huge hit to his brand Mm -hmm. um quote unquote um and I was like wow I didn't even like I like again I was not in this so I didn't (laughs) know that it would get this intense but do you guys feel like that is something that could happen, or do you think it is happening? I think I now think... that he's, I think now that he's signed, it's a lot better. I think that if okay. it had gone on any longer, it would have because like that week that the leaf started to leak what he turned down was when mm-hmm. I saw like the biggest switch in the fan base because kind of leading up to that, we were all kind of more like okay, like they're negotiating. Darren Ferris is doing his typical Darren Ferris circus, like, whatever, it's fine. But then when they started to leak, like, oh, he turned down, like, John Tavares money, people were like, okay, what's this kid's problem? What's going on here? Um, But now, like, he signed, and it was before, like, like, it was one day into training camp, so it's not that bad. And, like, I feel like it's starting, like, that's starting to ease off. I'm sure there's lots of people who are still, like, upset and annoyed, but I don't think it will hurt him too much. Yeah, I think maybe, I think a part of what actually, like, broke the dam there with with uh, him deciding to, to sign that contract was that it was actually starting to affect, like, fan perception to such a strong degree that, like, he could see that, oh, like, they're actually turning on me. Because, I mean, there was definitely, like, a contingent, especially of, like, Leafs Twitter, that was just so over it. And, like, I'll I'll admit that even, like, I held out for a while. I was just like, no, guys, he's just, like, young and an idiot and confused and, like, doesn't realize how much of an idiot he's being. But, like, even by the end of it, like, I was was tweeting some things where I just, like, I was done. Um, And I think that really that that week was was the switch where he realized, oh, like people are not like they're mad at me. They're saying shit about my family. And he actually said this is in an interview, which is like Mm -hmm. people were saying things about his father, um, which. (laughs) 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 And by they, I might partially mean we, but uh me too. Also me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think he realized that, like, oh yeah, this could have like long-term repercussions for how like I'm perceived in this fan base, and uh, and honestly, like, good. Like, I'm glad yeah. that we cyber bullied him into signing <laughs> that contract. <laughs> Oh my, God. <laughs> my favorite story is that he was yelled at by a kid while walking his dog and I'm just picturing like this little like 13 year old's like fuck you Mitch fuck you <laughs> it's just like, you're being mean to me <laughs> oh. 
just yeah no toronto is wild when it comes to hockey like you cannot fucking do anything as a player without it like being like the the hot question in the next interview you do like they just uh there was just like a a interview with uh jake gardner (laughs) after getting after he got traded uh over to to the hurricane carolina yeah and he was the metro (laughs) (laughs) and he was saying that like somebody asked him to take uh like that somebody asked him to take a picture with like the mascot because they didn't realize that he was on the team (laughs) and honestly i love it for him because if there's anyone who like deserves some anonymity from the press it is jake gardner after everything the toronto media put him through here like and toronto fans and toronto fans that's the thing like i i am a toronto fan but i hate toronto fans so often because they just like the entitlement to that that they slash we feel to to players sometimes is is truly wild like yeah I know I complain about Pittsburgh media a lot, so I would not be able to take Toronto media. Like, I just know how I am and how, like, confrontational I am. And, like, I could not, I couldn't, I wouldn't make it a day. Because, like, even I'm starting to get, like, Winnipeg media, I'm like, enough. (laughs) Enough. Like, settle down. Don't ask them that. And so I can only imagine, like, if I truly followed the Leafs and, like, I couldn't, I wouldn't survive. Stay away, honestly. They were like, she's, she lost it. (laughs) She's having a breakdown right now. Like, they're like, what are you crying over? About the way they treat the players. Literally. I have, I've had, I have had that crying fit. I am not even kidding you. I get, like, no, because it's like, they're still people, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. Jesus, like, it's not. It's very dehumanizing. Was there anything, um, over the off season that didn't or any issues that weren't addressed that you would have wanted? Good question. Mm-hmm. I f- well, Babs isn't fired, so there's <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I think I honestly think that we've kind of like done what we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, was it all done to the best uh like advantage that it could have been maybe not but like we dumped some contracts that were just brutal which is already like things that I didn't think that Kyle Dubas could possibly pull off and like now it's just again it's like it's seeing what we have it's seeing what it's going to look like uh and also what Babs does with it like I, I look at this roster and I feel hope and then I remember that Babs is in charge of it and yeah all right well honestly talking to you guys like made me so excited for the leaf season to start i'm like so happy and like no. scared yes. but also happy <laughs> she, she's a leafs fan but she tries like she pretends like she's not yeah i have my tongue during the mitch marner conversation <laughs> yeah no, yeah that's true because i do like mitch and i'm like mitch is great and she's like he's a gremlin and i'm like oh my god he's so sweet well, wait, before we let you go, I want to know, who are the teams that you guys hate? <laughs> um, yeah, because we have a lot. <laughs> Liz, would you I, like to? Sure, I have a lot. Okay, so, <laughs> um, 
Montreal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Ottawa. Buffalo. Um, Pittsburgh. Sorry. No, that's okay. okay. Me too. Me too. Oh, <laughs> that <laughs> hurts. We get it. <laughs> sensitive like, it hurts, like i get it i yeah. get it but also <laughs> um chicago um who else oh there's so many <laughs> <laughs> the islanders um the rangers now we're now we're in good territory like yes the islanders the rangers. <laughs> see it makes me laugh because like rangers i'm one of those <laughs> I'm one of those people that like I like like I like my team a lot, and then I have like Philly that I feel affection for. And Liz, that's what you should focus on as well this season. Like, focus <laughs> on that love, because so many people hate them, and I'm just like, wait, they're soft and dumb. <laughs> they're and, soft then, and like, garbage, which is just such a great. Is, yeah, they're just why I love them. <laughs> they're just such. It's just a team of soft fuckboys, and I'm just, I'm just, I love it. I'm being really... led by the softest fuckboy. Like... <laughs> that picture of him with his two broken arms playing beer pong is still, like, my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> but yeah, I have, like, the one team I put all of my love and hope and dream into, and then one that I'm like, yeah, I like, I like you, I like you, I'm gonna keep you at a distance so you don't hurt me, like, this one team. <laughs> And then the rest of them, like, I hate you. You're mean oh. to my player. <laughs> See, I'm I'm kind of the opposite of Elizabeth, where I like, I I start out with hate, and then like all it takes is for like one thing. Like I learn one thing about a team, and then I instantly like I'm like I think I love them too. Like that's all <laughs> it takes. Oh. Um, like I just, I just like develop a soft spot for for teams based on just like the slightest like whisper of knowledge about them. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, like Montreal, uh, the like Chicago, um, and and Buffalo to a smaller extent. I think it's like mostly Montreal and Chicago, and when they're good, the Sens. The Sens actually are the team that, like, when they're good, I I can develop, like, proper ire for, because I do have, like, a, a Sens fan friend who will, like, poke me with them whenever he can, and, like, even with just, like... Like, last year, I remember last year, actually, he messaged me when uh, William Nylander was uh, was still holding out, and he was just like, William Nylander for Cody Cece? And I was just like, you shut your fucking mouth <laughs> <gun> right now. <laughs> but then the Leafs still got Cody Cece. Yeah, but they kept Nylander. That's the most important part. Oh my god, I forgot. I hate Boston, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, how did I... Yes, Boston (laughs) Boston and Ottawa and Chicago are the teams that, like, I have, like, true, like, anger for. And then everybody else, like, I might briefly be mad at them, and then I, like, again, I, like, I learn one thing about them. I'm like, aw, this one player likes dogs? (laughs) I guess I have to love them now. See, I can, like, separate the player from the team, at least. So I, I have, like, miscellaneous sons throughout the league. 
All right. For real this time, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we will let you go. If you don't, make sure to follow um, Real Good Pros on Twitter at Real Good Pros, all one word. Um, and make sure to follow us at where's underscore my underscore stick. And we will see you in our next episode. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.